There's a crisis going on in rural America, and it's a crisis that really doesn't always make the headlines on national news. And quite frankly, it's a crisis that many people don't want to talk about, some just hoping it quietly goes away. But the reality is, American farmers have a higher rate of suicide than veterans. And today, some of that can be tied to the sharp drop in net farm income as those who see their livelihood on the line face the reality of financial troubles and some think that there's only one way out. But that's not the way. No matter how isolated you feel, taking your own life won't make the pain go away. It'll only create more pain for the ones you love and for the ones who love you. But as some in our industry cope with thoughts of suicide and other struggles, there are many out there who are struggling in silence. Some people see it as a sign of weakness to talk about the issue, when in reality, it's a sign of strength. And today, we visit one strong woman who's faced her own struggles with mental health, opened up by sharing her raw emotions in order to help those who may be feeling the same. And it's all to let them know you're not alone. Welcome to No Man's Land, shining a light on women in agriculture while empowering all women in agriculture, going where no man has gone before. Welcome to this edition of No Man's Land. Taking a little bit of a more serious route uh, this this time around. You know, we've talked about it, some, some lighthearted topics, um, talk about uh, some very important topics. But this one is focused on mental health in agriculture. And I think it's a topic that we definitely don't talk about near enough on the program. Um, don't talk uh, near enough about in person with folks. Um, so to do that. Uh, inviting our Canadian friends on the program with us today. Megs Reynolds is from Southwest Saskatchewan. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So what got you into this this mental health and agriculture and really wanting to promote it and talk about it and really bring light to it? What does that stem from? For me, it started with I needed a way to cope with the stress and the anxiety that I was dealing with, with having a couple bad farming years back to back. And one way that I found helped was to write. And so I started writing um, what was stressing me out or my feelings and putting them up in blog posts. And then I started sharing those online because I thought, I can't be the only one who's going through this or who has gone through this or having these feelings. And maybe if I can put them out there, then that can bring help to someone that, you know, that way they don't know that they're, or that way they know they're not alone, that, that someone else is going through that. And in return, I had people reach out to me to say, we read your post, we've been there, we made it out to the other side. And that was incredibly huge for me to have. I mean, you didn't grow up on a farm, right? Give us your background and how you got into farming and why that's kind of been a challenge for you. I grew up in Calgary, Alberta, which is quite a large city. Um, And then out of high school, I got into the film industry and I worked in the film industry for 11 years before I met my husband. So I grew up Um, with my grandpa having a ranch, so I got to go to the ranch on weekends, but I knew nothing about grain farming until I met my husband. And so I kind of put my film film work on hold and moved out to Saskatchewan to a community that uh, has a smaller population than my graduating class from high school. And I, one thing that was hard for me and something I still struggle with is isolation. And when I say that, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, you're in such a small community. Um, That must be the type of isolation you're referring to. And that actually isn't. The isolation that I've struggled with the most is that I've had a hard time connecting to some of my friends and to people outside the industry 
if I'm um, going through something that's affecting my mental health because farming is um, such an all-consuming uh, business and occupation yeah. and there are so many factors for our success that are completely out of our control. And it's really hard to know what that feels like unless you yourself have, have also been in that position or have, you know, you're waiting for that timely rain or you've watched that hailstorm come and decimate your crops. That's that's not something you really understand unless you've walked in those shoes. So do you feel like you've connected with other people um, that are going through some of these same struggles? You know, you said that you started writing and that was a way to connect, but how else have you really connected to bring more attention to this topic in agriculture, especially right now when so many are faced with low commodity prices? Social media has actually been an amazing tool for me. And I know for some people, it can be a bit of a trigger. Sometimes it's hard, you know, if you're waiting for that rain to see other people posting pictures of their rain gauges or their yield monitors on their combines. But for me, it's really been a way to connect to other people. I've got farmers that I talk to and I check in with all over um, the world that I may never meet some of them, but I can feel safe to share um, things about me that I may not want to have that conversation with my neighbor over coffee. Sometimes it's easier in a small community to go outside your community to have conversations. So what's been the biggest eye-opener for you, do you think, in this process of really writing everything down and, and opening up your heart and soul to a topic that really is tough to talk about? I think the biggest eye-opener for me was reading a Guardian article, and I read it uh, probably at like 1 or 2 in the morning because I wasn't sleeping because I was stressed. And in it um, were listed the rates of farmer suicides. And in Canada, they've just done the first study, which was on mental health. So we don't actually have um, any studies that give suicide rates. But the suicide rates that are out there are alarming and they made me really really angry and I got really upset that such a crucial um, industry for literally everyone's survival is struggling and they're struggling in silence so that was that was my biggest eye-opener in um, 2016 there was a study done by the CDC and they found that people working in agriculture take their lives at a higher rate than any other occupation and that's nearly five times higher than the general population. And in the States, the uh, death by farmer suicide rate is actually more than double that of military veterans. In Australia, a farmer dies by suicide every four days. In the UK, one takes his or her life once a week. And in France, a farmer dies by suicide every two days. Like those stats make me feel sick. And that's why that was my biggest push to I need to talk about this and I need to try to help in any way that I can, because this is, it's not healthy for our industry. It's not healthy for our people. And those rates are climbing. Unfortunately, they're climbing this year. You know, you look at a week like last week when um, celebrity suicides were really what was making headlines and it got a lot of people talking and then people uh, fearful that then talking about those suicides would trigger other people that were thinking about suicide to to actually commit suicide. And just, I mean, it was, it was a, a, a sobering week when you look at some of that. But, you know, what isn't talked about are those rates that you're just talking about on, on in farming and in agriculture and a life where, you know, you just don't close and, and walk out of the office at five o'clock and leave your computer there. I mean, it's your livelihood. You take it home with you. So if there are mm-hmm. people out there struggling that are listening right now and really weighing, what do I want to do? What's my next step? What do you want to tell them? In most um, states 
or provinces, there's a farm helpline or a suicide helpline. Um, you need to reach out because there's there's people out there that can help, whether that's therapy, um, going to your doctor to get referred to somebody, and being able to communicate, open up to others is a great way. But if you are in the place where you're thinking about taking your life, you need to talk to someone who's professional. And that's where those, those helplines really, really come into play. And Megs, you, you have children too, right? I do. I have two little girls. And how old are they? My oldest will be four in a couple of weeks, and my youngest is two and a half. Oh, wow. So, yeah, young ones. I have a, a three and a two-year-old. And, you know, Megs, it's <laughs> right after they were born, um, it's, it's tough. No one can prepare you for having kids. No one. And no matter what people no. tell you, I mean, it's different for every situation. And I just remember after having the girls... Um, you know, and going home and uh, you, you can't control anything. It's out of your control, um, whether it be nursing or, you know, just all of these struggles as a new mom. And I would just go into the shower and cry because that was the only place I could. And, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, you struggle with it. You struggle with the emotions. You struggle with the hormones. You just struggle with it with, you know, what it's like being a new mom and that you want to make everything right. And you want to do, you know, at least in my case, um, I wanted everything to be perfect. But really, it, it was out of my control. Do you think that in agriculture, and I think it's especially hard for um, those that maybe have, um, you know, give birth at a time when it's planting season or harvest season, you really are solo because all of your family's out in the field working. Do you think that we have that conversation enough with new moms and just checking on them to make sure they're okay? Because, you know, in more times than not, new moms do struggle. The, the struggles differ. The struggles can be um, very extreme. They can be, you know, kind of minute when you look in the, the scheme of things. But I think a lot of new moms do struggle and it's hard to reach out and, and get help. Oh, I think we've created this uh, society where, you know, everything that you see almost online is that moms that are coping and they're doing their cute little Pinterest projects and all of these things. And like I haven't cleaned my house in a week and there's a stack of dirty dishes but I have two children that are alive and they're happy most of the time and I think we need to shift the focus more to that and to share that that's real life you know it's hard and and when those when you do have a new baby like you said there's nothing that compares you for that and if you do have a farm family that are not around um yeah, we need to be able to support those women whether that is to have someone who maybe already has older kids drop by one of their freezer meals for them, help them out, or even just to have the conversation to give them permission that you don't need to do those dishes. Mm -hmm. If that baby's sleeping, go have a nap Mm -hmm. because you cannot take care of anyone else if you cannot take care of yourself first. And I think we need to be able to prioritize ourselves a little bit more, especially as moms, and to not feel guilty about doing that. Yeah, and you you mentioned support, um, and I know, and you've done a good job of this um, in Canada. Talk about the foundation that you created that that really focuses on mental health, you know, why it was created, and what is its purpose? What do you want to accomplish with this foundation? Well, the Do More Egg Foundation, I didn't actually create it. Um, There are four amazing people who came together, and it is their um, brainchild, but I've just been helping to try to support it and to get the information out there. Uh, It's called Do More Egg, and its focus as a foundation is to promote um, mental health in agriculture, to end the stigma surrounding mental health, and to end farmer suicides. So the stigma, when you talk about stigma, what are you referring to? That little voice in the back of your head that says, don't tell someone you're struggling because they're going to tell you, they're going to take it as a sign of weakness. 
they're going to tell you that you're not a farmer if you can't handle it. And so do you think now this conversation, now that this foundation's been started, now that more, you know, that, that, that more conversations are happening around this topic, do you think that stigma is becoming less? I think the more we have conversations, the more that uh, we are going to decrease that stigma. I know it still exists. I know I have friends that have shared things and they have been um, met with positive comments and they've also had negative comments. They've had people tell them that they're not a real farmer because they were having anxiety or dealing with other issues. Um, and I think sometimes some of that lashing out comes from fear and it might come from something that that person is also dealing with that it's easier to um, be negative towards someone else and look internally and realize what's going on and what maybe we need help with ourselves. The study that was done recently in Canada was done um, at the Guelph University and they came out with a stat that 40% of producers across Canada reported that they would feel uneasy seeking professional help due to what people would think of them if they did. So what is your advice then for, for some of our listeners out there who are struggling with the same thing, that they think that this would be a sign of weakness? I think the strongest thing that you can do is to help yourself and to share the truth, basically, because sometimes sharing your personal details or sharing those things that are bringing you down or that are causing you stress or your anxiety that is the scariest thing to do, but it's also the most powerful thing and the most um, sometimes liberating thing, just to be able to put that out there and to get that off your chest. So in agriculture, I mean, you talked about it a little bit before, and you coming into agriculture, not growing up on a farm, but now being farmed about, uh, you know, 60 years now, some of the struggles that you did, you had feeling isolated. But in agriculture, why do you think that mental health um, can sometimes be... be amplified the struggles can be amplified within agriculture why do you think that it is agriculture struggles with it so much i think probably the biggest contributing factor is the fact that so much of what we need to succeed and that doesn't matter whether you're dairy or um, grains or cattle is out of our control so i'm a grain farmer we take out a huge amount of risk, financial risk, at the beginning of the spring to get a crop in the ground. And then we can't, other than trying to time our sprays, right, we can't control the weather, we can't control heat units. All of those things that crop needs to reach its full potential are out of our control and, can, like I said, can be over in a 10-minute hailstorm, and that's stressful. And you have no other income coming in during that time period. You're relying on everything that you've got in the ground growing right now. There's a legacy piece to it, especially with multi-generational farm families. And it's not just the weight of possibly failing your family, but your immediate family, but you, if you can't make it, so my husband's a fourth generation farmer, if we can't make it, he's literally letting down three generations above him. And that's Mm -hmm. the end of a family farm that has been going for over a hundred years. That's a huge amount of pressure on someone. A huge weight. And I know there's people struggling with that right now. So, again, if someone is going through those struggles, feels that weight, maybe they, they've missed a few a few rains, more than a few rains that we've seen, at least, you know, in the, in the United States. Or, you know, prices just aren't budging because we kind of are in a down cycle right now, a bearish cycle in our commodity prices. What is the mm-hmm. first step? What does that individual need to do? It depends on uh, what level, but always, always seek help. And sometimes... Someone isn't able to do that. So I think uh, we need to be conscious that 
this isn't just about asking people who need help to to find help because sometimes they're in the spot where they're not able to do that. Mm. So we need to get better at recognizing signs within our family, our friends and our community members that something's not right, that they're struggling with something. And we need to be the ones that that go in and, and try to help them get help. My last question, um, you know, on this on this no man's land, we, we feature women in agriculture. And so there's a lot of women, other women in agriculture that, that tune in and listen. What is your advice for women in agriculture? And it doesn't have to just be with mental health, but what do you have? What advice do you have for other women in agriculture right now? My advice is to, since I didn't come from the farm, um, find the role that makes you happy. That doesn't have to be the role that's traditional in your family. That doesn't have to be the role that isn't traditional. Find the role in your family and in your farm that makes you happy. Because if you are not happy, you will not be able to be a healthy, functioning member of your family and your farm. So find what makes you happy and do that. What role is it on your farm that makes you happy? I love to be in the field. So I do a lot of freezer meal prep so that my mother-in-law can make meals for us during seeding and harvest. Um, And my mom comes down and helps with the kids. Or I have the children in the cedar or the combine with me, but I'm usually in the field 15 plus hours a day. Yeah, speaking of being in the field, you also um, try to document some of that on Twitter on on social media. And I think I appreciate about you. And when I reached out to you, this is what I said. I appreciate uh, that a lot of times you're, you, you know, you, you're really positive, which helps in a time when, you know, so, so much negativity can be posted on social media. You're really positive and you're real. I mean, those videos in the combine or when you're planting, um, they're fun. You can you sing sometimes. You have the girls with you. It's just fun to watch. So on social media, if we want to follow you, how do we find you? On Twitter, you can find me at Farmer Megs. Uh, Megs with two Zs on the end. I'm on Facebook as Farmer Megs as well and also on Instagram. Yeah, so do you just, is that your goal on social is just to be to be real? It is. I went to a conference kind of my first year into farming and it was a women in egg conference. It was very inspiring, but what inspired me the most was a presentation about how we in the agriculture community, we need to join the conversation about promoting our industry, about telling our truth because there is so much out there. And so I kind of came away from that saying, okay, you know, I, I love farming. I've had a lot of my own uh, personal viewpoints and opinions change from being a city girl to now a farmer. Yeah. And so I wanted to become an advocate for agriculture. And I said, if I'm going to do this, I want to be true. I'm going to post stuff that maybe other people wouldn't post. I'm not just going to post the smiles or the good stuff. I want to post the heartache that goes along with it or the struggles or the frustration of trying to do something and having 15 things go wrong. <laughs> Well, from another woman in agriculture, thank you for that, because some of that, that's not always posted. And, and, you know, from the outside looking in, it can seem like, oh, their their life is is rosy. It's perfect. Uh, But in reality, everyone's going through those struggles. And I think that helps with mental health and health and agriculture, Megs, is just you being real and being relatable. So thank you. Oh, thank you very much. All right, that does it for this edition of No Man's Land. Again, Meg, thank you so much. You can find her on Twitter. Um, be, be sure to check, check out that foundation, and we'll be sure to uh, make sure to include that information um, on our podcast description. But a conversation uh, that was real today from a, a woman who makes sure that she does that on social media. And for those struggling in silence, as Meg's put it, there's people out there that want to help. You're not alone. Um, you know, and this life is, is way too precious to 
think that you're going through this alone. So, Megs, thank you for bringing this to the to the spotlight uh, and really showcasing that uh, they're not alone in this struggle. Thank you for allowing this conversation. All right, that does it for No, Ma- no Man's Land. Until next time, be safe out there. Behind your eyes, the way you talk.